are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. And today we are doing an all 22 review of the Cowboys week 16 win over the Washington football team. Before we do that, though, Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's this is a, again. We talked about this. This this was a celebration. It was it was a fun day to watch. Uh, I literally just got on uh, after watching the uh, sounds of the sideline uh, mm-hmm. video, which is always so much fun. So, uh, yeah, just just good times in, in Cowboys Land right now, and I, I'm enjoying it. This is one of my uh, favorite films to watch all season long. Just. Everywhere you look, there's there's good things happen. Martin Scorsese would be proud of this film there, Atlanta. Yes, he would. He would. It was he that would. that violent too on one side of the ball. Uh, he all would, right, he would definitely he would definitely submit this as Goodfellas Part Two, to be honest. Though. So <laughs> uh, I know how much you hate Martin, Martin Scorsese. So that is not, not that is not what you what you should have been getting from that conversation. We will have a whole separate conversation you, and you a whole know, separate he, podcast about like, my love for Martin Scorsese. Just, you're so trendy. You don't like Scorsese. You don't like oh Tarantino. I, I get it. I, I understand. Give me a break. Give me a break with this guy. <laughs> We'll have a, uh, we, if we have to have a whole separate podcast about that, we will, guys. Yeah, we'll I, have a whole separate locked podcast. on movies. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the defense, Landon, because it's really my biggest takeaways here. And I want to start with yeah. a guy that we've actually talked about on the two shows before today, Kelvin Joseph. Uh, yeah, the speed in which he played at, and how confident he was in this game, was incredible. What did you see from him in this one? Yeah, you know, it's always fun when you see guys, uh, and this is one of the fun things about going out to training camp, but if you guys ever get a chance, you should do it. Uh, because one of the fun things about it is that you get to see these guys in training camp and kind of get a feel for their game then. And then for some of these guys, you know, they, they may not play as regularly as, you know, as the, the guys who play regularly on the team, mm-hmm. some of these down roster folks, or, or younger players like Kelvin Joseph where – they're developing, so you're going to see them. It's just a matter of when, right? So all throughout camp, you know, you you watch Joseph, and he just looks like he belongs. And I think the thing that really stood out then and still stands out now is, is, is two specific things to me, really. It's his foot quickness, his ability to change direction, and just he is just uh, – as easy a mover as you're going to find mm-hmm. as a defensive back. He just he just has an incredible incredible movement skills and not just you know straight line speed, which is important, but the ability to uh, you know short area quickness is just off the charts. And and what that allows him to do is stay patient and press, stay patient at the line of scrimmage, uh, and doesn't get beat a lot. And he saw that a lot of tape. And then the other thing that I think really is important uh, for young players to even be able to get on the field is a, a level of physicality and willingness in the running game. Because, you know, it's easy, you know, one thing when you, when you get young corners out there, they have huge targets on their backs. I mean, no matter, more so than, you know, defensive linemen or line, sometimes linebackers or safeties, but but seriously, cornerbacks, young cornerbacks, more than anybody else. When they come on the field, the quarterbacks recognize that they're on the field, the offensive coordinators recognize them on the field. They want to take advantage of it. And the two ways they do it, obviously, is first try to test the guy in, in the past game, see if he can cover. If you can do that, if, then you try to run the ball at them and see if how willing they are to uh, put up against the run. There were several different plays that Joseph was showing more than just a willingness to make the tackle and be physical, but also 
uh, an adeptness to you know sort through the trash, mm-hmm. find an angle that works, get to the ball carry and bring him down. And I think having those two abilities as a young corner, um, you know, I, I have no doubts. I mean, in the long term, that he is going to be a, a good player, a solid player. He's going to improve. Uh, but but those two traits by themselves are enough to get you on the field early in your career on defense uh, and not have the, the defense coordinator worry that you're going to be exposed. Just thought he was really good. I didn't, that's, I mean, it kind of expected though, when you kind of slow play these rookies, they're not having to go through this big learning curve early in the season. They get lots of practice time. It's one of the benefits of having a deep team is you're not forcing guys out of the field. So I thought he was really good. The other takeaway that I had on defense land, and we, we talk about this every week, but just, the overall team speed that the yeah. Cowboys have com- this year compared to other years is noticeable. Like these guys yeah. were flying around the field and it makes a big difference because if, if you're just hustling to the ball and you're flying to the football, you're going to make plays. And we, we've seen that play out all season long. Yeah. I mean, obviously it helps with turnovers. We've talked about that before. Uh, you're not going to get a turnover unless you're near the ball. Uh, you're not going to get near the ball unless you're flying to yeah. the ball. Um, and I think that the, that's really important. I think the thing that we kind of forget where team speed is important. We talk all the time about third downs and about getting off the field. I think the thing that was really important is the team speed has really helped get our team uh, or get those their teams uh, into third downs. You know, it's the team speed on first and second to uh, quickly shut down short passes to uh, run to the football in the run game. Um, you know, there's been a couple of weeks in a row where the Cowboys have shown that if they can get into third and long situations, that it's pretty much lights out for the offense. But they have to get there first. And getting there first requires uh, the ability to get to the ball carrier, bring him down in a timely manner. Um, you know, and, and, and again, it's it's a game of inches, and, and especially on first and second down, the ability to make those stops before you know they get that extra two yards. And, and if they get those extra two yards on first and second down, that becomes three extra yards. And suddenly that's the difference between third and four versus third and seven or third and eight. Uh, and then, you know, the, the difference between third and four, or third and eight is, is how quickly, how much you can deploy your incredible pass rush group. So uh, yeah, I think the, the team speed has shown up in a lot of different ways. Obviously the turnovers like we talked about, but, and more specifically, I think what I've noticed this last few weeks is just now that they've been able to have Gregory back, move Parsons back into linebacker a little bit on, on early downs, the team speed is just so incredible that they're able to get these teams uh, in, in in bad long third down situations, even if they're completing passes, even if they're having some positive plays in the run game early in downs. And I want to continue to talk about that pass rush because I think you and I have a similar note after watching these, the All-22. But uh, before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with great flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many great flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing. Uh, there's peanut butter brownie. There's double chocolate cherry, brownie chunk. Uh, Built Bar gives you that extra feel you need, whether it's watching college bowl games this weekend, uh, staying up late for New Year's. Mm-hmm. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Landon, let's talk about the defense uh, some more. You and I both noticed that Demarcus Lawrence 
rushing inside and defensive tackle not only allows you to get Gregory and Parsons rushing the quarterback, but he's just really good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, I think that, he's just good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good take. You know, and, and that's the thing about it is that you know uh, we 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 all we all knew that he could do it, right? Like we all knew. That, I mean, he had the ability to do it. I mean, I think there's just being able to do it is is one thing. I mean, it's really not an easy task for these defensive ends to to, to knock inside simply because the game's more violent. Things happen a lot quicker often. Um, so in, in the, you see other guys that have have done it and not had the level of success. So obviously this was part of the plan that everyone had in mind when Gregory came back. Well, I mean, let's just put it this way. When all three of those guys were available, Parsons, Gregory, and, and D-Law, uh, we knew that that was a potential, right? That, that we could see that kind of lineup with D-Law kicked inside and the Parsons and Gregory screaming off the edge. But we didn't really know exactly how well – we knew it would be useful because we it would get all three of those guys on the field at once, but we didn't really know how good D law would actually be mm-hmm. at the skill of rushing from the inside, but his hand technique, which is, you know, probably the best in the league, or if not the best in the league up there, uh, it, it really translated so well to, to playing against guard and centers because he's, he's just able to get around and, and slither around guys. The guys aren't able to get their hands on him. Uh, and even, you know, as we saw in the, uh, in the uh, in the game on Sunday, when he isn't able to get there, he's such a smart and heady player that he understands that he understands the concepts that are behind him, uh, and then he just gets back and, and puts his hands into the throwing lane. And, and he's you know, uh, you add that plus the fact that he's so crazy athletic that he was able to come down with that ball and then return it for a touchdown, which is just I mean, going back and watching that play is just nuts. It's like it's incredible. it's it's like watching a. a you don't see tight ends and wide receivers make cuts like that. No, no, did you see? You feet. saw Dalton Schultz like teach me how to tiptoe. Yeah, on <laughs> that was hilarious on the sideline. That that's so. And, and, and you know, again, I, I tweeted this out, but shout out to Dono, uh, to, to yeah. Donovan Wilson for that incredible block that he made uh, to, to spring it. But yeah, yep. I mean, I think it just shows you. Um, you know, we had hopes for what what we thought this kind of defensive line would look like when you had everybody back, and we potentially could run like what's you know, referred to often as a NASCAR package. But we didn't really know exactly uh, how good Demarcus Lawrence would be at it. I, I think the thing that har- it harkens back to me, Marcus, is uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was a couple years ago at training camp where Demarcus Lawrence would line up in every single gap and go against every single offensive lineman. And he was basically sunning everybody who wasn't named uh, Tyron Smith or Zach Martin. Yep. Um, and and I think that it really shows you, you know, that he clearly has had that skill set for a long time, and now he's being uh, a- being asked to use it, and, and it's really paying off for the Cowboys. All right, I got one more question for you about the defense, and this t- kind of ties into Michael Parsons, which we can talk about because he was really good in this game as well. Yeah. I- I've noticed the last couple of weeks that the Cowboys seem to like to keep the trio of Parsons, Gregory, and Lawrence on the field at the same time. And when they rotate, they kind of take all three off, almost like a hockey shift. And then the next group is Dorrance Armstrong, Basham, Osa. Do we think when they get into the playoffs that that kind of rotation will continue? Or do you think we'll see them kind of mix and match match to to always have, let's say, two of those guys on the field? Uh, and it's a good it's a good question. You know, I, I think that they've done a really good job of of mix and matching personnel, uh, especially on key third down situations. 
They've been deploying kind of a 5-0 defensive line look. And the guys that they put on there are it's weird, man. Like they, you know, they'll put they'll put uh Basham and Armstrong on the inside, they'll put Osa outside at defensive end. And, and I guess this is all a long-winded way of saying I, I don't think that they're necessarily gonna be pigeon held into you know going one line or this line versus that. I think they're probably doing that now just to kind of have some order there. Um, but I, I think that you know, once but do you think you it's that it, or do you think it's they like to have guys work next to the same player so that way they can build some chemistry. Because, for example, that could be it. That could be we it, saw the Marcus sure. Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford for years play together and next to each other. When they were next to each other, they were excellent at running stunts. They just had a great feel for it. They knew, you know, where each other was going to be at. I, I wonder if that's part of it as well. I, you know, that's that's a very good point. I mean, I think that the, the, that kind of chemistry and and knowing the guy that's playing next to you is really important, especially when you're talking about twists and stunts, because there's so much kind of of uh, subtlety there, right? And just understanding body language and understanding h- how your the guy next to you is leveraged, and and to know, okay, this is the time that I can make my move around him. Um, you know, I, I so I think that there is probably some solid points there. I, I think that you know they they clearly have a group of guys that have played a lot with each other. Um, and and that trio of Parsons, Gregory, and D Law, they really haven't played a ton of snaps next to each other, right. except for recently. So maybe the idea is that to try to get more and more of these snaps to get together, so that they can get even better at at, at working together in those schemes. Because you, you, as you were implying, uh, Basham and Armstrong and these guys that are kind of the other down rod, Osa, the guys who have been basically on the team and healthy for the, almost the entire season, uh, they have tons of snaps with each other. They have a lot of chemistry. They've been doing this together for a while. So uh, I, I think that's a solid point. Uh, all right, let's talk about the offense. Landon. I, I don't feel like there's a ton of big takeaways here, but one of the biggest ones I had was it's pretty clearly the Cowboys used more up-tempo in this game. I think they had a concerted effort to do, to do that. And my thought was it's a couple of things. Was it to get Dak Prescott in rhythm? I think the answer is probably yes. But I also think part of it was Washington just got done playing a game on Tuesday night and they were running in a bunch of new players and stuff. So why not keep the pace up a little bit and try to run them off the field? But it worked. Um, so I yeah. just wonder if we'll see that more going forward. I hope so. You know, I mean, I just think that that, that they, I mean, even in the game, uh, the post-game interviews with, with all the guys, they all talked about it. Yeah. You know, they, they all talked about how they like to keep pace. They all talked about how they like to go up tempo. It takes the thinking out of it. It takes the, you know, a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, kind of difficult part of playing football out of it because it's, that's where you're really kind of just operating in, you know, in a kind of rhythm that you have gotten after running those plays over and over again. You're not trying to uh, uh, re-examine the plays. It's three-step drops. It's getting the ball out quick. It's it's lining up fast and running the play and not having to think about it. I, I think those all those things really help the Cowboys. And I and I also think that it it's you know it's they're having a lot more success when they're able to find efficient ways to get uh, easy yardage on first and second down. And I think that being in a rhythm, being in a, 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 a in the quick game, being uh, you know in a situation where you're up tempo, you're getting up on the line, you're snapping, you're, you're you know what play you're running. I think it's just a great way for them to take the you know who is it? Is it Nate? Is it 
I was trying to think, think, think who was this. Is it, is it the, 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 the <laughs> I'm flailing here, but I, somebody kept talking about the fact that the, the Cowboys needed to press the easy button more. You know, they, they needed Tice? to take uh, Nate Tice. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yes. Nate Tice keep talking about that. And I, and I couldn't agree more. I, I feel like the up, uh, the increase in motion, the increase in up tempo, this was them getting back to adding the kind of sauce <laughs> that we uh, we had had seen earlier in the uh, year for this offense that made uh, managing early downs easy and it, and it really helped you open things up later in the downs if you wanted to to kind of do you know more down the field stuff. Or, They're or, or at their best lane, and when it's like first down is a seven yard pass to Dalton Schultz, third yeah. second and down and three is a you know run to Ezekiel Elliott and you either get a first down or it's third and one. And now we can take a shot on third and one down the field or, Hey, it's a new set of downs. Let's take a shot to Michael or to CD lamb across the middle for 15. Like that's when they're at their best is like just staying way, way ahead of the chains. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, you know, what you're starting to see now is that they're starting to add back in some of that stuff that kind of, like I said, it, 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 it may, it makes life a lot easier. So it also helps when Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are healthier. Like that also really helps because I thought in this game, Zeke looked not a hundred percent healthy, but yeah. healthier than he has in the last two months. And you've noticed it in a couple things. Like he turns a one yard gain into three. Okay. That's, that's fine. But on, you know, now instead of a second and nine, it's second and seven and you can run the ball again, or you can run the little play action rollout to, to Schultz and get a first down. Like that definitely helps. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, you know, I think that it gives you more opportunity. I mean, we talked about, look, one of the other things that I had notes on was that we saw more four verts. We saw more uh, attacking of the seam. Uh, we saw more down the field throws. I don't think that that's coincidental that you saw that at the same time that you started to see the increase, increase in tempo, the increase in motion uh, and, and and the run game working more because when things are working better uh, on the upfront part of the down, you have more opportunity to take the shots down the field because first of all, the defense is going to open up to you to try to stop what you're doing early in the downs. So second of all, you get into more advantageous positions to if you you know aren't successful in your downfield throw to still convert that 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 right. down and, and still right. get that extra yardage. So uh, it, it 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 all kind of feeds into each other in, in a large way. Um, but the good news is the Cowboys seem to kind of be uh, uh, you know f- feeding. It, it's like a positive feedback loop now that they're getting right because they're they're doing the the easy things. It's making the early part of the of the downs easier, which is making them uh, more comfortable taking shots down the field, which is making them more explosive, which is making the early part of the, the downs easier. So that's and, and it can get it can it can go the other way, and it was for the Cowboys previously this uh, earlier in the month, but uh, they've done a really good job of turning that around and just kind of taking the easy things and then allowing that to turn into bigger, more explosive plays down the road. Uh, the last little point I would make about the offense is this is like. This game against Washington was like the perfect way for the Cowboys to use their three receivers, right? Like Amari Cooper's the wide receiver one, and he gets the most targets, and he's going to be pretty efficient on those targets, and he's going to convert first downs. CeeDee Lamb is your field stretcher in the middle, you know, through the seam, and he took some big shots, but he he can create those explosive plays, the 15 to 20-yard catches. And then Michael Gallup is your downfield threat. And when you need to create a big, you know, chunk play down the field, he can do that. He had a 40-yard catch in this one. No player got a ton of targets. Nobody ended up with more than 85 receiving yards. But, like, that's what makes this offense so difficult to stop is when you can't just keep 
not even two receivers when all three of the guys are making plays. And then you get contributions from Dalton Schultz, who had 82 yards, and Malik Turner, who had 82 yards, and Cedric Wilson, who had a couple catches. Like, that's when they're really tough to beat. Yeah, and 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 I think one other thing that I wanted to really point out uh, that I thought that was really kind of good at uh, as a bonding agent, really, for the the, the rest of the offense was uh, the, the the return of the success of the waggle. You know, I, I think that that is it's it's a play that they probably run, you know, three or four times a game, but it's so important in kind of marrying the run game with the play action pass game. Uh, and it's it, it's a way that the Cowboys produce uh, easy, big chunk plays because, you know, and, and previously we've been talking about the last few weeks, they've really struggled with it. They've either Dak was late trying to get the throw out. He's had a couple of interceptions on him. Uh, he didn't necessarily look comfortable throwing off his his calf and, 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 and that kind of uh, limited his ability to get the ball to that deeper read and those crosser routes. Uh, but I think that what we saw was the kind of return of that. I think that one of the most important completions uh, that I, I put in my notes here was that waggle pass to CD Lamb with five minutes left to go in the first. I just felt like that was a, a really good indicator that the offense is back healthy and that Dak is comfortable kind of making that throw. I mean, rolling left, having to throw off of, uh, of the right as right. Uh, foot uh, and and to try to get it over the top and into the deeper route, you know, CD had to go up and get it, but but that's fine. I mean, that's kind of where you want yep. to put it, so it's yep. a safe spot for the receiver. Uh, but I thought that that was just a really good indication that you know the offense is kind of in a healthier state than it had been previously. Let's say the last month. All right, um, I wanted to do one more thing on the show before we head out. I, I wanted to talk about. John Madden uh, passing yeah. away on uh, on Tuesday night because uh, I, I'm sure you feel the same way I did, Landon. But John Madden is really one of the biggest reasons I love football because I, I listen. I grew up as a, a '90s kid watching watching Cowboy games with John Madden calling them, and I really actually remember John Madden a lot from Sunday and Monday night football, like doing yeah. those games. And whenever John Madden called called a game, it felt important. Right. And that doesn't even mention like the Madden football games that I played countless yeah. hours of growing up. So it really, really bummed me out that we heard about him yesterday passing because he was he was somebody that I just I love so much. So I just, I just like to hear your thoughts on John Madden and maybe some of your favorite John Madden memories. You know, I feel like I have a complicated relationship with John Madden because, you know, when he was announcing at the end, I was really tired of it because I felt like he he was explaining he was explaining things to, to that was over explaining things uh and, and that it was just uh, you know i just felt it was like it was annoying but what as i got older what i realized was is that he taught all of us all of us mm -hmm. uh the game of football and, and 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 whether it was uh uh in in those moments where he was describing what was happening uh with an x's and o's whether it was them taking a second to go to the sideline to see what kind of weirdness somebody was doing, and then John making fun of that, whether it was butt sweat like, or whatever. Yeah. Larry, I was gonna say Larry Allen's butt sweat, or or uh, uh, the way uh, how ugly defensive linemen are, yeah. or uh, you know the, the eating habits, or the, oh yeah, the Thanksgiving, the turducken, the, the Thanksgiving, right? yeah, the Thanksgiving uh, uh, broadcasts are just like uh, that's that's American television gold. Uh, and then you mentioned it, like the other side of that, which, you know, he was involved in and, and you know, 
it's his name, so it's part of this legend was uh was the game, was this Madden the game. I mean, it wasn't even just about X's and O's there, it was more about trying to understand what team building was. And 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 look, <laughs> like Madden is not a good the game is not a good example of exactly how you should build your teams. I mean, obviously we all knew the tricks. No, we all knew but, how to, uh, but, have, but, but it got us have, interested, right? Like it got yeah, us not interested. only that, but you have how many play callers in the league that probably grew up playing Madden. Oh, and I honestly think that's a big reason why you're seeing people be more aggressive is because they they're used to the style of football, right? Like yeah. I, I know Brandon Staley has talked about it. Like, yeah, he grew up in the Madden era. And when you would play yeah. Madden online, it was frustrating when your opponent would go for it on fourth down all the time because it was so hard to stop. Yep. And you've got to believe that that's, that's impacted football in at least some way, right? Like absolutely, it, it's incredible Madden's, you know, impact that he had from coaching or from playing, from coaching, from announcing to creating, you know, one of the most successful video games in, in video game history. It's, it's really incredible. Well, I mean, I think that GMs became more uh, of a superstar, you know, celebrity position because of Madden, because, because all of us were at home trying to be GMs on Madden mm-hmm. at home. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think his his uh, contribution to the sport that we love and and to the league that we watch is incalculable, and and it's frankly as much as any individual uh, has contributed to the sport, you know, probably ever. So uh, it, his loss is tremendous. Obviously, he had lived an incredible life, uh, and he has uh, had an incredible influence on on many of us. Uh, and, and, you know, I hope he rests in power because he, he really was a, a positive influence in all of our lives. Yeah, we are forever in debt for to John Madden for all that he's done for the football world. He's made the game so much better. I can't, can't even imagine the number of football fans that he made by himself between the video games, between announcing. It, it's just, it's incredible. So uh, John Madden, 85 years old. What an awesome life. It, it's just, it's pretty uh, pretty awesome so uh, all right that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in tomorrow we'll have a crossover uh with bo brock and alex clancy of locked on cardinals great and you and i will great be guys. back on friday to preview yep. this matchup and boy that's going to be a, a really fun one uh the last kind of big game for the cowboys before they go into the playoffs uh, we'll, we'll we'll make sure we have a lot of fun with that you can follow the show at locked on cowboys you can download the podcast wherever you've been downloading your podcast please Check us out on YouTube. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.